try and get to him to touch him. And wherever he went, he had to do that. He sometimes had to just miraculously disappear through crowds to get away because there was such a desperation to be close to his presence. And the question was, what is it about Jesus? And what is it about this culture that he didn't just have in and of himself, but he actually began to create with his disciples and with his followers that was so infectious? And there's a particular verse we looked at. um, Thanks, Peter. Amazing. Which is in Luke 15. So just before the very famous story of the prodigal son. And it talks about how the tax collectors and notorious and especially wicked sinners were all coming near to Jesus to listen to him. So essentially it was the people who were the furthest away and often the people who, in the religious elite's eyes, were the least worthy. They were the ones who gravitated closest to Jesus. And actually that riled the religious elite at the time because they felt like they were part of the special club and they were wondering why all these outsiders were coming in. And we talked about how there was something about how Jesus lived that just enabled him to break walls down that would normally have caused people... um, If we could just flip through, Peter, that would be amazing. um, Would normally have caused people to feel so far away. Uh, And people like Zacchaeus jumping out from the tree... (laughs) There were so many instances of people who were far away coming close to Jesus. And we talked about how it was because he was so full of both grace and truth. And this love he had, this grace he had that he lavished on everyone, caused them to actually come close so that they could hear the truth he had, which was often actually really, really challenging. But it was that combination of these two opposites that created this really unique culture. And we then began to talk a little bit about what does it look like for us to know that as individuals, but also what does it look like for us to go on this journey as a church and as a community where we're not just creating something for people who already are here, for Christians and for people who know that Jesus loves them, but we are actually trying to create something for people who don't yet know that. And that is something, again, that marked out everything Jesus did, was he built something not for the people who were, but for the people who weren't. So that's why he says to the um, Pharisees, again, I think he says, uh, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Same kind of thing. And we looked at an amazing video by Tear Fund, which shows how when we create separations in our lives, be they physical, a physical wall, or spiritually, what we actually do is we cut ourselves off off from other people. So in this case, if there's two people in a room, one of them has food and one of them doesn't, then the chances are they will share because they're aware of the needs of each other. But when we create our own thing for us and we stop looking out for others and looking outwards and being aware of others, what we actually do in the spirit as well as physically is we build a wall And I really feel God is calling us as a community to work out how do we build something that is as much for people in Hoxton, on Hoxton Street, wherever they are, um, with a real kind of, I guess, generational, what is God doing now, specific call, where we're cutting through this line of us and them. So we're no longer saying, you've got to come to us and become like us. But we're going out to people and calling to them. Jesus is calling you close to him. 
and what does it look like for you to know him really personally. And then I believe um, a couple of weeks ago we looked at David and Goliath and talked about how giants can seem very, very scary until you get close to them. And we heard someone unpacking that story that actually when David came up to Goliath, uh, he was suggesting that actually Goliath had dodgy vision, couldn't see him. And actually, if you looked at the chances, because of David's skill set, the odds were actually on him to defeat Goliath. But the story always gets told the other way. And he said, what changes that story is our perspective. Because when we come close to the giant, we see that it isn't all that we thought it was. Um, And I believe, again, that's something God wants to say to us, is that what might seem like a giant and impossible task of creating something that actually really speaks and calls people into this who would never have thought of coming to church. That might seem like a giant and it might seem impossible, but as we come close to him and to these people who are far off, will they actually see Jesus and will that suddenly, that, that Goliath, not seem to be what perhaps we thought it was? Um, and on that note, come close. This table... Every week, no one sits here. It's, it's a wonder. But no, it's, it's a joke, but it's true. Like, we often have, we have a fear of coming close. It's like, well, if I'm close to him, he might pick me, I don't know. Or like, if, whatever it is. But yeah, I just, I, I really feel a word for us now is God is calling us to come close to him. Whatever things we're scared of, whatever things we feel, that's not me, I couldn't do that. He's saying, come close to it, and you'll actually see it's not what you thought it was. Just joking. Um, okay, so this week, I particularly want to begin to unpack um, two of four words. So as I've been praying about kind of some of the, I guess, culture and DNA that we would embody, I felt, um, and I think when we were working out the website with Beth and we kind of began going on a journey of working out... <laughs> She's looking at me like, no, nothing, I've got nothing to do with this. It's all you. Uh, no, not true. Um, we were looking at some of the things that would really mark us out as people and some of the things that we felt God was really calling us to. And two phrases came up that kind of became one. It was the idea of being unique, but doing that together. Sentence one. And the second one was of living inside out. So... The full thing is unique together, inside out. And over the next few weeks, we are going to unpack what that means by looking at two specific, excuse me, sections of scripture. And I'd love to encourage you, I'm going to tell you what they are, and in your own time, if you would like to, I would highly endorse spending some time going through these yourself. They are Ephesians, we're particularly going to look at Ephesians Mainly two to four, but with some little bits either side of that thrown in as well. Ephesians two to four, and we're also going to look at John probably four to six, but again with some little bits around that. And um, the reason I'm particularly encouraging us to look at those scriptures together is there's some themes in those that I'm going to try and draw out because I believe they really unpack 
these ideas of what, what does it mean to be unique together and what does it mean to live inside out. And uh, I would love you guys to be reading that too so that you can check that what I'm not saying isn't just kind of picking stuff out and creating something that's not actually there. Um, so for instance, today, because we're kind of, we're going to span over two or three chapters of Ephesians at different points, and I'm going to draw out this particular thread uh, of being unique together. But I'd love it for all of us just to be really sitting in these scriptures, to be really taking time to look at them and to say, God, what have you got to say to me in this as we go through it? So, unique together. Um, What do you think when I say that? They are essentially opposites, perhaps, maybe not. Maybe we don't think that. Uh, I think often when we think of something being unique, we see it as a sole thing. Whereas when we think of something together, we see it as a group. And really simply what I felt a call with us to do is to know our uniqueness before God, to each really pursue that with him, but for that not to cause us to be individuals and not to cause us to look inwards, but actually to cause that uniqueness to come out of each other. And it's in that place that I believe we'll see an incredibly beautiful manifestation of the body of Christ. And I also believe that some of what God is saying to us in that is that some of that manifestation of the body of Christ isn't currently in the church as we know it, but part of what he's going to do is to try and work out how do we um, call that out of other people who might not think they're called to be in the church as of yet. And um, just as we begin to pick out a few verses, and we'll hopefully see this thread in there, um, I just wanted to share something again that someone taught me, which I found incredibly helpful, and it was the idea of truth not being something that's linear, where we, um, if we just move to the next slide, I think, yeah, that's great, sorry, it's not, oh, that does just fit, brilliant. So I always used to think of truth as something that was like a straight line, and there was one extreme and there was another extreme, and the best thing to do was to sit in the middle of the two extremes and to kind of compromise on both. And a friend says to me once that um, more of a kind of biblical understanding of truth was the idea of two opposites working together. So he talks about it like bike pedals and said that basically uh, whatever kind of instance you're taking, often how he thinks God sees that truth is not to water one down so that you have like 50% of both, but actually to work out how do you take those two things that sound like polar opposites and embody them fully so that you then see them working together. So I think one of the instances he talked about was kind of um, the fact that Jesus calls us to like, uh, be royalty, to live life to the full, but also to lay our lives down for each other. It's like those two things, it's not about having 50% of the royalty and 50% of the laying our life down. It's about fully embracing what it means to be sons and daughters of God and fully embracing what it means to lay our lives down. And that's where we start to see truth. And um, I just wanted to kind of take that into this little bit as we look at what it means to be a unique body of people who do life together. So, first verse. Uh, I'm going to just pop through a few bits of Ephesians. And I really am just going to highlight these things, but I'm not going to do a lot more than just read them and just pray that God really speaks to us through them. And um, I really hope that that 
that happens. So first up, Peter, I believe we have, okay, Ephesians 1, verse 18. Feel free to follow this. I've taken a number of, or all of these actually from the Amplified Bible. Um, And the Amplified Bible particularly tries to go beyond the English translation of scriptures and actually unlock some of the depth of the meaning in the words. So it puts extra content in brackets after what some of the kind of shorter translation translations would say to essentially take us into a deeper revelation of what the original Greek or Hebrew would have been trying to kind of unlock. Um, and this verse, Hebrews 1 verse 18 says, um, he's praying that they would have the eyes of their heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you, which is a personal, unique thing. And secondly, how, his, how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, the body of Christ, together. Okay, So, unique, we hear God's call to us. Together, we really understand and walk out what that looks like as a body of people given to each other and doing that together. And I'm the verse that particularly speaks of this unique call or the kind of personal calling from Jesus um, is Ephesians 1 verse 4, which is amazing. It says, even as in his love he chose us, actually picked us out for himself as his own in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, consecrated, and set apart for him and blameless in his sight, even above reproach before him, in love. And my prayer for all of us is that we would continually go on a journey of never hearing something that God says without first personally like letting it impact us. So that there's something so special about, you know, like if someone picks you out, then you're like, he chose me and he said that to me. But the wonderful thing with God is that he picks each of us out and then he does that to each of us. But it's so easy when we hear that with a comparative framework to think I'm not that special to God because he's just saying that to everyone. But actually, we each are. And it's in hearing that and hearing who he calls us and how he made us that I think we start to see this beautiful picture of the body unlocked. And... um, Ephesians 2 verse 10 is a wonderful illustration of that. Um, It says, For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. And again, there's something about when I hear like the word handiwork, it's like in my head there's this picture of like the father like leaning in when he created us in the womb and it's like he's personally like, you know, like knitting together this heart that like no one else has. And he knows every single element of it, every single aspect, everything that makes that tick, everything that we love. All of that he's sown, and it's his handiwork. And 
it's as we hear that that we know what it means for us to uniquely embody God's call on our lives, but we do that again together. Um, next up, Peter, if we may. Brilliant. Um, now, there's a few points in Ephesians. Um, again, look at this in your own time, but Paul seems to talk uh, quite boldly about what he believes God's purposes are. And um, this is one of the instances where he where he does that. It's the, actually the reading... Um, shared earlier during worship but the the Lord um, I think it's starting in verse 22, just the kind of end of verse 22 which we heard um, sorry, back to the one before Peter, that's great um, there it is so the end of Ephesians 22 talks about Jesus' rule essentially be extended through the church and then it says the church is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all, for in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. And um, we talk a lot about the body and it's a kind of, it's, it's a picture we get in a lot of ways, but I, I sometimes think it's quite helpful to kind of dismantle it. I don't know why I'm going to pick this up. Okay. Uh, I'd like you to imagine with me that this is the wheel of a bike and it's like the rim. Okay. That is unique in itself, but on its own, it's, it's not a bike, (laughs) but you put that together with all the other parts and suddenly we've got like a body moving together. And that for me is it's like as Jesus calls out the uniqueness in each of us and causes us to look to each other, suddenly we start to see this thing like a bike move. But the question to us is like, who, who has he called each of us to be? And then how has he called us to serve each other in realizing those things? That's something that I believe um, we're going to go on a journey of. Um, next up, Peter, if we may. In him, the whole structure is joined, bound, wielded together harmoniously, and it continues to rise, grow, increase into a holy temple in the Lord, a sanctuary dedicated, consecrated, and sacred to the presence of the Lord in him and in fellowship with one another you with the rest to form a fixed abode dwelling place of god in by through the spirit you get the picture it's the same it's the same thing but i just it, it encourages me like how um much this picture seems to be kind of manifest through the whole of ephesians actually it's like he keeps coming back to it talking about how the father sees us and then teaching the ephesians how to actually call this fullness of life out of one another. And um, I think we'll, we'll kind of wind it up there. Um, this we're going to unpack a bit more probably next week. But the, the aspect of the many-sided wisdom of God, so this is kind of towards the end of Ephesians, he talks about the purpose of the church being that 
the complicated, many-sided wisdom of God in all its infinite variety and innumerable aspects might now be made known to the angelic rulers and authorities in the heavenly sphere. And like again, that the, it's so clear there, the diversity of God's nature, it's not like it's just one thing. It's like there's, there's such a multifaceted element to it. And I really believe for us to see that fully realized, there is something of both going personally ourselves deeply into not just conforming to what we know and what we've known when we come together, but really asking Jesus, what have you got for me? And I also believe that as we do that, more and more people who are outside will connect with something that is part of who God has made them to be and how he's made them to be. And it's in that place that we start to see that wall come down, that dividing wall. So um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of scriptures in there, but I hope that's encouraging because for me there's a real thread there. Each of those passages, there's something about embracing our uniqueness and there's something about doing that together. Um, so I'm just going to pray for us and then we will go from there. Father, thank you that um, your splendor is like beyond something we can fathom. And I thank you, Jesus, that every time people thought they had you, um, like they thought they'd got you, they'd clocked you, they knew what you were going to do, you'd always um, <laughs> do something else. And you came to represent your father and to show us what he's like. And Lord, I thank you that the variety of gifts and the things that everyone in this room loves, the things that people are gifted at, they're so diverse. And Lord, would you teach us uh, in humility how to serve one another, and how to bring the uniqueness out of each other, And Lord, would you also teach us how to take responsibility for that which you've entrusted to us, that we wouldn't just sit back and wait um, at the same time that we wouldn't be brash and just kind of smash our way through things, but that we would know what it means to humbly um, ask for your leading and to follow you. And we thank you that as we do that, you, you build something where we're really aware of each other and we look after each other and we care for one another and it all happens in love and we pray holy spirit that you would pour that anointing out on us as a group of people um this evening amen amen um and we're nearly at the end this evening but i thought um I'd love to us to pray uh, for, I think, some particular um, groups of people, but just generally to kind of minister to one another. So, um, yeah, J- John T. and Graham, if you want to c- come up and just lead us in some music, that would be that would be amazing. But um, I think particularly, I'd love to pray for people who whenever they've heard this thing about being made uniquely, um, they've never really heard that for themselves. They've always felt like 
yeah, other people are really special and other people have unique gifts, but uh, that's not me because I'm just Joe Bloggs or I, I'm just someone who just um, kind of blends into the background but isn't actually that special or unique in and of myself. And um, that might be something that people feel really vulnerable sharing, so that's that's absolutely fine if you just want to keep that between you and God. But... Um, if if that's something that you particularly have found and would really love to just be prayed for um in that when we all stand to worship i'd just um i'd just encourage you to ask perhaps someone around you to pray um or if you want to um come forwards and grab prayer that's another option but just really encourage you to engage with god in that and let's be family together let's um let's pray for each other in that too um yeah, should we stand? That'd be great.